Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. This is Julio Rodriguez, and this is the Lookout Landing Podcast. When a fire starts to burn, right, and it starts to spread, she gonna bring that attitude home. You don't want to do nothing with their life. When a fire starts to... Tell your girl, tell your mother, conference call your WAP crew, tell each other, the Lookout Landing Podcast is back. Wow, do you say that every time? I do not, no. Those are actually most deaf lyrics. Wow, I'm inspired. Thank you, thank you. Um, Yeah, welcome back everyone. We are launching an off-season series that I'm very excited about, as it was my idea. And it's going to be called Why I'm a Mariner Fan. So basically what I'm going to do is talk to some Mariner fans and just try to figure out uh, how we got here. And maybe more importantly, why we keep coming back every season. Because, uh, spoiler alert, if you've been gone for 18 years, it's been mostly bad. A lot of reasons if you were maybe a weaker-willed person to just jump ship. So uh, I'm joined today for the first episode of this by... A staff writer at Lookout Landing, one of Seattle's most prominent fans of the band Sublime, which a lot of people don't know. Uh, my friend, my confidant, my partner in crime, my guy who was admitted to not listening to any podcast other than the Bill Simmons podcast. <laughs> it's Zach Gottschalk. Welcome to the show, Zach. Wow. <laughs> kind of two truths and a lie in there. And yeah. All were horrible. Well, I mean, you have to have some pizzazz here, Zach. That's part of hosting a podcast. I'd like it to be known that I hate Sublime. Okay. The Bill Simmons part is true. I can I can do a Bill Simmons voice if that'd make you more comfortable. I would love to hear it. Hey, right, let's try it out. Um, all right, here we go. Hey! <laughs> hey, uh, coming up, we got Zach Gottschalk from Lookout Landing. He's maybe the seventh. Greatest Mariner recapper of all time? I'd have to go back and look at my pyramid. <laughs> and now Pearl Jam. And then that's where he would play Pearl Jam. Yeah. Oh, we're not going to play Pearl Jam. That's good. Yeah. Don't have the rights. Do you like Sublime or Pearl Jam more? Probably Pearl Jam. It's okay. really kind of a, you know, just more that Sublime is bad. It's not a high bar. I disagree with that. I've been on the record in my own head. Uh, as saying that Sublime is transcendent, I think. Uh, I would say that for anyone who has ever started smoking weed as a teenager, Sublime is very formative. I believe it. Yeah. It's, uh, 
That explains a lot. I can understand why people would dislike it. It's kind of like baseball. Like, I get it when people are like, no, this is not for me, but it, it hits. It hits right in a specific part of my spirit, I think. All right. Well, <laughs> agree to disagree, I okay, guess. That's fine. Uh, how the heck are you, bud? Isn't October like a nice, relaxing time of year? I love October. Yeah, me too. You know? I mean, it sucks that you know, it gets dark so early. It's true. But, but it, I mean... It's Halloween, you know, Facts. pumpkin goods. Oh, yeah. My birthday's in October. Oh, so congrats. I'm pretty excited about it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. No, I, I did it myself. I birthed you myself. You planned it? Yep. Smart. Infiltrate from the inside. Exactly. That's cool. Was there a reason for it? You just want, you knew before you were even born that October was the best month? I was, I knew I was destined to be spooky. Oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. For the listeners at home, um, Zach is wearing a shirt of... Uh, a Nordic god riding a unicorn shooting a lightning gun into the air. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah. He's wearing red high-top sneakers, uh-huh. and the rainbow is firing a rainbow out of its butt. That is very spooky. Yeah. In like a, in like a very like random core MySpace era way. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Well, I got this shirt in 2010. Oh, wow. Were you on MySpace then? I, I don't know if I still was, but yeah. it was around that time. And uh, actually, the way I discovered this shirt was I was watching a Blink-182 live concert. Sick. Mark Hoppus was wearing this shirt. Um, is he the one who's discovering aliens now, or is that Tom? That's Tom. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we don't talk about Tom anymore. Right, because he's doing uh, his other stuff. Yeah, UFOs and stuff. Yeah, well, I was talking... He was in... Uh... What's his side project? I saw them. Angels and Airways. Yeah, 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 yeah. We don't talk about that. Uh, it's not the best. No. No, but uh, to be fair, neither is the, the Mark Hoppus side project. Plus 44. Even... Wow, I didn't even know that existed. He's yeah. a big numbers guy, it sounds like. It's the, uh, well, that one's the country calling code for Britain. Oh. I don't know why they did that, but. Uh, Sick. Anyway, point is, love October. Yeah, it's very <laughs> nice to be able to watch baseball without any sort of like emotional or oh yeah like, i've been loving the playoffs yeah it's have been, you is that, is that yeah that no it's sincere? been yeah, it's sincere it's been a great time yeah i mean it's interesting because like i don't know it's like obviously i like baseball and i want to watch baseball but there is some part of me like whenever any team does something cool at home where i'm like god damn it like we literally have never had that in my adult life like I don't know. The last time the Mariners were in the playoffs, I was a very small child. I mean, we're about the same age. Yeah. I think that applies yeah, to you as I was, well. I was eight. Yeah. So, like, I don't really have vivid memories of any Mariner playoff games. Like, no. is there one that you can remember? I don't remember a single one. Yeah. It's so weird, isn't it? Because I was at the Carlos Guillen game against the White Sox where he had the walk-off bunt. Yeah. And I was in literal kindergarten. Yeah. My dad pulled me out of school. So I remember that, and I remember going to the game. Yeah. I don't remember watching it unfold in front of me, which is a huge bummer, honestly. Yeah, I remember a couple games in 01, but I actually don't remember the playoff run. Maybe I I blocked that out. Yeah. Which is too bad, but... You know, I, I definitely agree with what a lot of people say, where if the Mariners were in it, it would just be too terrifying at this point. Yeah, especially a wild card game. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine? Just the, sort cl- of. the clinching. Well, the only thing that I think could be remotely similar is Seahawk playoff games, if you're like an, as avid of a Seahawks fan. Maybe it was like that at first, but, you know, the NFC West was always pretty weak. Seahawks were usually sure. in it since 05 when they went to the Super Bowl the first time. Yeah, uh, you know, like they they won a pretty weak NFC West a few years in a row. You know, playoff games. It was always like, well, if they lose, whatever, they'll be there next year. Yeah, so you take it for granted. Whereas now with yeah. the Mariners, it's like you literally. I mean, it would be huge if the Mariners got into a wild card. It's like, holy <laughs> crap, are we ever going to be back? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's so sad to even have to like resign ourselves to those thoughts, but it's kind of what they've done. Like, there's it'd be crazy, I think, to be like thinking any other way about it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, oh yeah. I don't know. If the Mariners ever make... Well, they're going to make the playoffs. I shouldn't say ever. If the Mariners make the playoffs, like, I, I'm i one of those people that I think will be content with that. Like, I'm not going to be one of those people who's like, okay, well, now they're going to win the World Series. You know what I mean? Like, I think it really de- depends on the way they make the playoffs. Sure. You know, on their current trajectory, if they make the playoffs with a young core and it's, you know, sustainable, I would feel totally good about you know, losing in the wild card. Obviously, it wouldn't be great. Um, or, or even losing in the division series. 
you know, if they make the playoffs with a really unsustainable team, mm-hmm. you know, similar to like the 2007 team, sure. or I can't really remember, maybe it was the 14. 2014 team. With a lot of Chris Taylor poor, and Lolo. Yeah, the poor yeah. run differentials. Um, then I would be pretty upset. You know, yeah. it's like really we waited all this time for that, and now it's, you know, next year it's not even going to be back. Totally. Okay, so take me back to the beginning, like when you realized that you were a Mariner fan. Like I know we just kind of talked about like early memories, but like were your parents big Mariner fans, or was this something that you kind of found on your own? Well, I, I actually wrote an article about this. Oh yeah, it was, it was my "If It All Goes Wrong" piece. Okay, uh, t- uh, 2018 version. www.lookoutlanding.com. Yeah, put the plug in there. Yeah, I mean it's on the website, but. It's on there. You can find it. If it all goes wrong, 2018. Yeah. Okay, walk me through it then. So, I actually have no memory of this game, but there is a home video of the game where it's, I think, 1996, 1997, okay. and we go to the Kingdom, and we walk in a little bit late, and they uh, they have the video of me watching the game from like the left field stands. I'm gonna stop King you right Tone. there. Did you have the express written consent of Major League Baseball? Well, no. So they actually shut my dad down. They made him stop. Oh, no. <laughs> they made him stop recording. Oh, that's a huge. But bummer. he did get a Ken Griffey Jr. dinger oh, okay. on film. That's way. And better. he also got Randy Johnson striking out the side. Wow, the so, whole inning. Uh, I guess like the last strikeout. I think just the last strikeout. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, cool. so that, those were on film, and and you know we're all cheering, but of course I'm really distracted because I'm I think three years old sure. in this game. Yeah, and I want to leave, and and I actually make my parents leave in the third inning. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's really early. Yeah, people were still. They have us. They he got the video camera back out and started filming us walking back out as people were still pouring into the stadium. I wonder if that speaks to sort of the shittiness of the kingdom as well. Kingdom was bad. Because there's nothing, like, from what I can remember, which is not a lot, there was nothing to do there the way there is at Safeco Field. Like, now they have, like, kids. Yeah, the amenities. And all that. It was also really stuffy. You know, I remember the smell wasn't the best. Sure. Um, I mean, it's an athletic facility. It's indoors. That's true. Very yeah. old one. Trapping all that, of the must. You know, it's 30 years old. Yeah, that's not great. Seahawks played there, obviously. Sounders played there. They all played there. So that was my first game. Uh, first game I actually can remember attending, though, was 2001. Okay, good yeah. year. And I actually, that was the game I got my first ball, oh. which was sweet. I was lucky enough to be sitting in the first row of section 141 wow, which is uh, a ways down the down the third baseline okay um and Ichiro hit a fly ball to bobby higginson left fielder and my dad picked me up as bobby higginson it was the third out mm-hmm. and bobby caught it for out number three and uh, as bobby was jogging back to the dugout my dad lifted me up and he was like bobby seven-year-old here seven-year-old <laughs> Like he was selling you to Bobby. Essentially, Higginson. yeah. And Bobby came and he tossed us the ball. My dad caught it and gave it to me. I was beat red, I'm sure. Amazing. I was so pretty mad. Bobby Higginson is like a very important figure in your life then. Yeah, I, I have his baseball card. Do you think that you would be writing for Lookout Landing if not for Bobby Higginson? I think I'd still be a Mariners fan. Okay. Yeah. That's for sure. For sure. So if, even if he looks at you and is like, no, and just keeps going. <laughs> it, it, it's impossible to say. At, yeah, at that know? age, that could really turn you yeah, off. Yeah, I mean, butterfly effect. Yeah, maybe totally. he says no, and maybe, you know, my dad doesn't take a right turn on the way home because he's so mad about it. Whoa. And then, you know, he, you know, doesn't stop someone from, you know, blowing up the city or, you know, you never Jesus. know. I'm I, just saying. I guess, yeah, there's, there's no, no way, way for us know. to know. There's no way to know. Huh. Now I'd love to figure out the exact game that that happened. I have the ticket stub. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, okay. it was in August. I, I don't remember the exact date, but August I do have the ticket stub. All right, we'll, yeah. we'll do some sleuthing and figure out if there was any other sort of, like, worldly event that was happening in yeah. concurrence with this yeah. game. I Maybe. have it. I have the scorecard, too. Oh, shit. So. Okay. I think the Mariners lost. Tough. But you never, I mean, it was one of 42 losses, or not, yeah. 46 losses that year. Yeah, I mean, so. I guess, yeah, that's kind of, that actually is a great, I think, introduction to Mariner fandom as an experience. It's like, because that oh, was yeah. literally the best year you could have ever gone to a Mariner could game. Could not have, I mean, that was, that year was magical. I got to yeah. go to the All-Star game that year. Me too, too. I was also at the All-Star amazing. game. It was a great, I mean, Freddie Garcia got the win, Kaz got the save. 
Yeah. I mean, you... I think they had, like, eight We players. had eight All-Stars, and we would have had more. More got voted in, but the, there's the rule every team needs one. There sure. wasn't room. Yeah, I think we tough. would have had nine or ten. Yeah. I have pretty... I mean, most of my early memories, which sound similar to you, are with my dad, because he was the one who was, like, taking me to most of the games. Yeah. At the 2001 All-Star game, I remember... We had, like, pretty good seats. I think it must have been, like, someone he worked with hooked it up or something. And my dad was like, see that guy over there who was, like, sitting near us? He goes, that's Dave Winfield. I'm like, I have no idea who that is. Like, that didn't mean anything to me at all. Yeah. And now, like, looking back, I'm like, damn, that would have been cool if we had talked to Dave Winfield or if I had, like, been old enough to appreciate that. Would have been cool. Would have been very cool. I also got a ball in my youth, but yeah. uh, John Olerud hit it off of my body. Wow. Yeah, I was not uh, skilled enough to make the catch. Did he hit it hard? It was, yeah, again, a behind-the-plate situation. So kind of okay. like one of those line drives straight back that cleared the screen. And there was no netting? There was netting, but we were like... Oh, you were up. It's like, yeah, it was like, I guess, like a looping line. It wasn't like a pop fly. It was like yeah. one of those just, he hits it, he's right on it, goes straight back. But cleared the screen and hit young Matthew in the stomach. Glad they didn't have cell phones. You'd be dead. Maybe, yeah. I mean, it still would have hit me in the stomach. You never know. No way to know. I guess. Yeah, that's true. Maybe, yeah, if, you know, if things go differently, my head, I'm reaching down to pick up Your someone's phone. cell phone. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, I'm being a good person. Oh, sir, yeah. you have uh, a TikTok notification, and then the ball hits me in the head as I'm crouched down. John Olerud's a murderer. That would have been tragic. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do that to John Olerud either. No. I mean, he's, he was, like, a famously nice guy. Great so guy. To have that on his, on his conscience yeah. would have been... Probably would have ruined the season. Actually, around that same time, uh, I remember this. Uh, in elementary school, John Olerud's nephew Whoa. went to our elementary school. Ten. And John Olerud came to visit him for lunch one day. Wow. And I don't think this was planned, but one kid asked for his autograph because he recognized him. Mm -hmm. And then another kid did the same. And then just right after that, a whole line of kids formed. Yeah. And that took like an hour. And this nephew got no time with John Oliver. <laughs> and so then, then I remember the art teacher the next day at our assembly forced every child to go up and thank the nephew for sharing what? his uncle. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. that's a moment. It was weird. That's I have yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, like there were definitely moments in my early childhood. So this would have been like late '90s, early 2000s, where like. The Mariners were kind of treated like rock stars, like very similar to the way that the Seahawks were oh, yeah. when they won the Super Bowl. Like I remember, this is a true story, we found out, like our whole neighborhood found out that Carlos Guillen was looking at a house in the area and like was there, like in our neighborhood or like near where I grew up. People just went to like, to see Carlos Guillen, that was it. Like no one was gonna, like no one had a plan. It wasn't like there was an event happening. He was just looking at like a lot where he might consider building a house and yeah. the whole neighborhood just showed up and he like took pictures and signed autographs and stuff i mean they were studs they were gods i mean it was the i mean the seahawks weren't great around that time yeah i think that helped yeah and i mean the sonics were also pretty poor around that time so it was just really just the mariners and they were amazing yeah and bobby higginson was around and bobby higginson was around. playing for the other team obviously but kind yeah. of alley-ooping your fandom that's true which is cool it was cool. No, I mean that was those were great years. So, have there been any moments now as you become older and more weathered, more cynical? Any moments that have made you like reconsider? Not like dropping the Mariners, but like taking a step back, maybe, or being like, I don't need to yeah. care this much about the team. Well, you know, I did kind of fall away from the fandom for a couple years there, uh, right around 2012, 2013. Yeah. Um, I, I really stopped paying attention for those two years. Uh, I just, you know, got into other things. And I mean, I had been so invested. Even 2010, 2011, I was watching every game, tweeting about every game, posting Ooh. on Facebook about every game. Oh, I would love to see that. I mean, I remember, yeah, I mean, I just found an old post of mine, like, really pumped up about a Luis Rodriguez walk-off double oh, yeah. in 2010 or 2011. <laughs> and I think I went back and checked, and at that point the team was like 20 games below 500. Yeah. And it was like, wow, I really cared that much? I just I just did. And, you know, I can't imagine, even now, I can't imagine caring that much. Yeah, and it's funny how those moments will stick with you. Like, Luis Rodriguez, I mean, I'm not going to look it up, maybe played like 50 games with the Mariners, I would imagine. Yeah, it seemed like more. Yeah. <clears throat> Same but with I Ronnie Cedeno. Oh, yeah, perfect example. But I was going to say, like, I remember either... It would have been 2010 or 2011, I would say. Like, 
somewhere in that era of the Mariners being bad. I remember that whole day at school. This was opening day. The whole day at school, I was so excited to come home and watch opening day for the Mariners. And then they're playing. It's like the seventh inning or so. They're in Oakland. And they bring in Kanakoa Teixeira. And in that moment, I decided yeah. that he was my new like favorite player on the Mariners. <laughs> Like, oh, this guy's cool. He, like, he had curly hair and he threw hard. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I've never heard of this guy. Like, I thought I could be, like, kind of like a Mariner hipster, like, when you discover a band right. that no one's ever heard of. Of course. So I was all excited to, like, go back to school and tell people, like, yeah, the Mariners have this guy, Kanakoa Teixeira. And then you realize that, like, nobody cares. No. Like, in that era, people knew Ichiro. And that might have been when Griffey was doing his, like, comeback tour. Yeah. But no one else, there was no other reason to follow the Mariner unless you were yeah. like crazy. I mean, in that time, 2010-11, I mean, it was, it was, you were a nerd for following the Mariners, right. you know? That was when I discovered Lookout Landing around that time. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And it, I think that is partially what sustained my fandom through those two, three years. Right. 09, 10, and, and 11. Yeah, there's some lean years. I mean, 09 was amazing. It was a great oh, year. Oh, that was, the, yeah. That, that, was, was, like, a, that was the good Griffey year, and that was, they they broke 500. Yeah. Goody, that was Goody's godlike year. Right, but in a way, kind of actually backfired, because then they went for it in 2010. Then they went for it and lost 100 games, and they were the first team in, in history to have a payroll of 95 million and lose 100 games. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Uh... <laughs> Looking back, though, it's a lot easier to laugh at the shittiness. I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, it was tragic at the time. We, I was well, so angry, Cliffley. Yeah. You know, the Eric Burns fiasco. Yeah, we don't want to talk about that. Yeah, but I guess yeah. Looking back, it is a little like the Eric Burns thing is objectively hilarious now. Sorta. I mean, mostly just because we hate Jack Z. Well, it was just so theatrical too. For anyone who doesn't know the story, uh, the Mariners lose a game essentially on like a botched squeeze play. Yeah, Eric Burns pulled back on a suicide squeeze. Yeah, leaving I, I believe Ichiro out to dry. Right? I think so. Like, yeah. The franchise player is sprinting home, like putting his body on the line. That was when yeah. you could still like the catcher could just mangle you. Oh yeah, they had railroads, I think. Yeah. So <laughs> Eric Burns, for whatever reason, pulls back on a suicide squeeze. The yeah. pitcher simply catches the pitch and tags him out. Uh, yeah. And then Eric Burns, as the story goes, which has been publicized, like journalists wrote about this, it's not like a rumor, he uh, was trying to leave the stadium. Uh, Jack Zarenzik, I believe. Was it Jack Zarenzik or was it the manager who wanted to talk to him? It was Zarenzik. It was Zarenzik who wanted to talk to him in the clubhouse and probably be like, hey, what the fuck? And Eric Burns biked past him into the night and then never played again. Never played again. Mariners. And I think for two years or three years, I can't remember his contract, made over $10 million playing in beer league softball. Wow, I didn't know that part. Yeah. That's actually awesome. I mean, goals, right? Yeah. But, All right, well, that makes me hate him a little less, which I don't want to do. I, I still want to harbor tension. Yeah. But I was actually thinking of, I wrote some of these down as we were prepping for these, like, in hindsight, moments that are hilarious. Uh, Mike Hargrove just quitting midseason. That, I think, was <laughs> my first real Mariners tragedy. I wasn't yeah. old enough to understand all the bad stuff, like the, you know, obviously the horrible loss to the Indians in 2001 comes to mind, you know, blowing the 14 to 1 lead or whatever. Oh, sure, yeah. Or 12 to 1, I don't even remember. Um, but I think. Mike Hargrove quitting or Hargrave Hargrove yeah I think that was the first oh shit moment of the Mariners that also I think kind of took the shine away from the Mariners like where I realized that like it's not a good organization you know what I mean because managers don't just quit in the middle of the season unless something it was bizarre horrible has happened it was bizarre I think that was my kind of like introduction I think to like the underbelly of sports or like because in my head I'm like why would anyone quit well we still don't really know Right. We still don't really know what But happened. obviously, like, he probably butted heads with the general manager. Or... I mean, who wouldn't butt heads with Bavese? Exactly. But we still, you know, we don't really know. But realizing that people can just be that unhappy in what seems like a dream job, I think was very, it was like a punch to the face a little bit. Like, hey, yeah. kid, this thing that you love, people who do it hate it. You know yeah. what I mean? That's, like, a, that great, that's a great point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really pulling back the curtain on your hopes and dreams. I never really considered that before. Yeah. When I was, I think at this point, I was 13. Yeah, this was, yeah, 05, 06, I think. It was 07 when he quit. 07. They were, they were, I think, in in the wild card spot. Yeah, 07 was one of the better years. They were in the wild card spot, and then they just completely collapsed after he quit. They were in the middle of a seven-game winning streak when he quit, and Uh and then he just, it was terrible. And then they lost 100 games in 08. 
Perfect, yeah. <laughs> so would you say, was that your lowest point or one of the earlier lowest points oh, you can remember? I, I don't think so because I didn't fully comprehend it at the time. Sure, that's what I was that, as, as, At that out. point, they'd only been out of the playoffs for six years. I mean, that's pretty normal. Yeah, that's true, team. I guess. We're not really thinking, like, in drought terms. I mean, there was no, in my life at least, born in 93, the Mariners had a record of success. They right. really made the playoffs yeah. pretty much just as many times as they'd missed it at that point. In, in your my, life, In my yeah. lifetime. Yeah, that's true. So, fuck. I wasn't really feeling bad about it at yeah. that time. And now we have people who are, like, like young adults who have had the opposite of that where the Mariners have, have never never been yeah in their entire lives I mean if you were born I mean if you're graduating high school this year yeah I mean really even if you were born in like 97 because you're not going to remember yeah 97 or 01 or any of that I mean people who are starting college people who can uh, go to the store buy cigarettes yeah. yeah no my sister was born in 2000 and the Mariners have like definitely been an afterthought for yeah. her which makes sense also like she was born in 07 no my sister was born in 2000 oh 2000 I might have said 07 and misspoke but 2000, yeah. yeah. I, I don't blame her. But I also do wonder, like, had the Mariners been not good when we were young, if I would still have this level of fervor. You know what I mean? I think I would. Again, just because of how um, into the team I was when they were doing poorly still. You yeah, know, that was, was a good sign. I was listening to Blake Bevan on the radio. Like, give interviews? Yeah. Is he an interesting guy? No. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, I, I mean, I was listening to... God, who else did they have? Just these horrible pitchers. Yeah. Horrible players. Well, that was also the era, which I think was also... If we had been older and maybe a little less naive, like... Because that was the era of failed prospects, which is also kind of like a a kick to the face a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember every morning I would read the sports page cover to cover and I would read the minor league box scores and be yeah. like, oh, who's this true and Phil guy? Yeah, exactly. You know, he looks so good. And then, you know, DJ Peterson more recently, 2013, although I swear he was with the team since 2003. Yeah, I don't even, he could have been any age and I'd be like, all right, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. I think the first real failed prospect I remember was Jeff Clement. Yeah, But me I mean, too. it's just, and then Adam Moore, I mean, it just snowballed from there. Right. And that's, I think, like, that I could understand if people who were older than us and maybe a little wiser watching it and being, like, just losing faith in the organization. Like, I get yeah. like you can obviously still be a fan and be like, what the hell are we doing? Like, there's a lot of teams out there. Like, I mean, in, in other sports, even, like, the Knicks, I'm sure there's literally millions of people who are like, I still love the Knicks and I always will, but I cannot support the, what they're doing right now. Yeah. Like, that seems like well, that's the mid James, James Dolan is just objectively horrible. Right, and at least we don't have that, like, to yeah. the point of, like, someone who's that public, I yeah. guess, because James Dolan is still, like, out there actively being, like, the yeah. face of MSG or whatever. I have no love for John Stanton, but... No. He may, I mean, James Dolan makes John Stanton <laughs> look like Mahatma Gandhi. <laughs> True. So, True. I mean, now that we're talking about this, I think I'm really realizing, you know, I think what started the true bleeding for me was... Cliff Lee um, mm. coming in, being amazing, the team being bad, having to trade away Cliff Lee, um, getting Justin Smoke for him. Even at that Very time, good. it was like, this is okay. You know, I see why it's going poorly. Yeah. Uh, the pitching and defense thing didn't work. Figgins, number two, didn't work. That's yeah. fine. You know, I think it was a great theory, even if it maybe actually wasn't at the time. Sure. That's very rational. Of you. Yeah. And, and you're like, we're getting Justin Smoke. He's supposed to be great. And we're, we got a, I mean, even when we had Pineda, and then the year after that, I think it was 11, we traded Pineda and we got Jesus Montero. Right. It's like, these guys are our future. We got Jesus Montero and Justin Smoke. Yeah. We had a whole infield. Of <laughs> then it was Ackley. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, Brad yeah. Miller, and and then it was and Nick Franklin. Uh, Brad Miller was a little later, I think. Right. But, uh, but same but Ackley, sort of. Yeah. When we had the Ackley and uh, Smoke and Montero, yeah, it was God. it was just there was still hope, you know. Yeah, Saunders was in there too. Same time, so, and then all of them busted. Yeah, they were all horrible. It's also really funny because just given the state of the Mariners, like Michael Saunders is one of like the fifteen to twenty best outfielders in Mariner history, which is so wild, just for being on the team for like four years. Yeah. Like, that's all it takes to really, like, stamp your, your name on this franchise. Oh, just going by FWAR? I think, well, I know it's famously, like, if you go to the B-Ref page for the 2014 team, which was one game shy of the playoffs, Michael Saunders is, like, one of the, I think, 
four best players on that team, which is absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Yikes. Because that's one of those people where, like, you go anywhere else. Even baseball fans would be like, who's Michael Saunders? Uh, I'm sure the Blue Jays fans know who he Sure, is. but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. For one of the better players on, like, an 8 yeah. win team, he was I'm not. I'm sure we would recognize whoever, you know, the 23rd best Yankees outfielder is or right. something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's just such a weird existence we're having where, like, the things that we, like, cling to are so different than things that other fan bases cling to. Absolutely. And... I think, going back to what I was saying really quick, I, I think that when Smoke busted and Montero busted, that was kind of after Hargrave or after Hargrove the second oh shit moment mm-hmm. where it really you realized how fucked we were. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that's like the whole thing again of like this thing that you love, like that you cherish and that you want to see grow and flourish. Like some of the people who are involved in it are, like, actively working against that. Not on purpose, obviously, yeah. but, like, you realize that, like, the institution of the Mariners is kind of dumpy. And that you have no control over it. You know, right, you're so invested in it and you have no control over it. It's, yeah. It's tough. Yeah. I had some interesting experiences with the Mariners because from 2013 to 2017, I was not living here. I was in college in San Diego. And, like, theoretically... That would have been the time to take a step back. But then 2014 happens where they're like in the playoff race until literally the last game of the season. And I can remember, that was my sophomore year of college. Like Friday and Saturday nights, I'd be like, nope, sorry, not not doing anything. Like the Mariners have to play the Orioles or like something that like no one else cared about. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you're like, yeah. this is like borderline crazy. Like me in like the most like social time of your life, like what for a lot of people is like the best four years of your life. And I'm like alone yelling at my TV because Chris DeNorfia misplayed a fly ball. And like that also led me because, I don't know, college is that time where you're like finding yourself yeah. you know, mentally. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, is this who I am? Like, is this like, is this who I want to be? Is this guy who's like truly getting upset over the Mariners when like everyone around me is like living it up, being extremely like hedonistic. And I'm just making myself sad because... The Mariners aren't doing what I want them to do. It's that whole thing of like having no control, but you still like giving such a huge part of your life to them. Well, I think that that is kind of an existential crisis <laughs> that that lookout landing really helped me with. Oh yeah, or it maybe it made it worse. Just finding like like minded people. Not so much the like minded people, but the perspective uh, oh. that Jeff brought at that time, Jeff Sullivan. It was so unique because the way he wrote about the Mariners was just as this very like absurd existential problem you yeah. know that of being a mariners fan and he, at that time i wasn't really reading the site but wasn't he the only person recapping so would he do he, every single he game he did almost every recap yeah, yeah that's insane was, that would probably break there me. was matt carrot the stats guy okay and jeff the kind of narrative guy sure okay and i'm surprised he didn't get broken sooner but it, it, it was just really nice to have this voice talk about just how absurd the whole thing was you know yeah. the way you'd write it up oh we're watching this man swinging wood at a piece of cork right and we're living and dying with the way yeah. the cork goes well and with baseball too like i remember so many times in middle school and high school i'd be like it's eleven forty-five at night i have tasks or like important things to do tomorrow and the Mariners are down seven runs but i'm still watching yeah and blake fucking Bevan is pitching yeah and it's like there's 16 people in the stadium and like no one involved cares and then there's me in my room like why wouldn't you hit and run like trying to come up with yeah. like ways to actually improve the situation I mean it makes it makes no sense but yeah. that's what you're invested in I mean that's kind of just the whole like giving yourself to sports is kind of that that whole idea of like why are we doing this this is truly yeah what absurd. what do we get out of this experience yeah. have you seen that tweet that like choosing to be a sports fan is like a soft intro to fascism yeah i did <laughs> see that tweet <laughs> it made me think a lot because i was like i mean it's closer to anything else in my life to fascism just blindly supporting the mariners or yeah, being sort of I, I suppose <laughs> like just the hegemony of the mariners like controlling my life in a lot of aspects that 
Yeah. I don't really question, I guess, in a way, which I imagine is somewhat similar to passion. I, uh, I hadn't really thought about it. You know, I'm not sure if I'm quite there yet. You're not there yet. But I see where you're coming from. It's just, I mean, when you have this much losing, I think it just creates so much time to think, which also I think, I mean, not to toot our own horn, but like, I don't think it's a coincidence that so many people have gone from Lookout Landing or Mariner fandom to like bigger jobs within baseball. Because I think like it breeds this part of your your brain that like has to look at the game differently. Well, I think part of that is 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 a causation or correlation. Um, sure. I think the type of people that are willing willing to write for the site are the people that are that care enough. That's fair. about this thing to to pursue it further. Mm-hmm. Um, like all the merit or like all the lookout landing alum that yeah. are now in you know, actual baseball ops positions right. or with teams. Which also is kind of an interesting thing because, like, you brought up Jeff. He's obviously now working for the Tampa Bay Rays, which would, it's, I mean, it's definitely, like, an internal thing, but at some point he'd have to, like, make that decision of, like, am I still allowed to be a Mariners fan? Yeah. Well, I think even before he started working for the Rays, his fan sure, I guess pretty clearly had fallen off, or yeah. at least publicly. So I guess then, I kind of had this question for you, actually. This seems like a good time to get to it. Would you say, are you more of a Mariners fan or a baseball fan? I think, without a doubt, a Mariners fan. Okay. So um, you're not like... Because I know, for me at least, this season, uh, when the Mariners were just in the shitter, I started to gravitate towards watching other teams a lot more. Like, I would actively, yeah. like, come home after work... And they like, have the plan to like watch like a Mets Padres game or something just because I like That's those weird. teams. Yeah, and I realized that like I knew that I was doing something like obviously the Mariners are kind of a niche thing, but then ditching your niche thing for an even nicher thing and like not having any sort of reason to like that was just my entertainment. The way some people watch yeah. movies or TV, I was like, I want to watch Noah Syndergaard. Yeah, I mean that's cool. I, I personally can't. Yeah. Um, and but you, you do that know, for the playoffs. I said I love the playoffs. I yeah. do love the playoffs. But that's a whole but the playoffs level. are completely yeah. different. No, I get that. Um, I would never subscribe to MLB TV just because I, I don't care that much. Take that, capitalism. Yeah, true. True. I, I just don't care that much, you know? I, I can't get into it. I think that's healthy, reason. though. Do you ever get jealous of people who don't care about the Mariners? Like, I'm sure there's people in your life who never give a single shred of thought to the Mariners. Um... Not so much that. I get jealous of people that do care about baseball enough to watch it. Like, the people oh, that do want to watch those games. Like you, you know? Yeah. I would love to care that much about baseball. Because I, I actually do like baseball a lot. And I wish yeah. it brought me more joy than it does these days. So have you been conditioned, then, as a Mariners fan, to like have to have the joy sucked out of it? Well, I think it... I mean... Like, does watching baseball <laughs> feel like a task to you? Sometimes. Not in the playoffs, yeah. but I think regular season games, it's yeah. certain. I mean, just with so many games, you know, it's been talked about. That's true. But each one feels a little bit pointless. I think every sport has too many games. You can make the argument that literally every single one has too many. Yeah, I, I think I would support that argument. Absolutely. Yeah. Except maybe college basketball. Sure, yeah. that's They're kind of right in the sweet spot, I guess. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, I have more questions here for you that I wanted to get to. Oh, yeah. Um, so actually, hold on. I want to kind of... The thing about getting jealous of people who don't care about the Mariners, you said you get jealous of people who care about baseball. But, like, I don't know. I have a roommate who is not on the mic right now. I uh, don't know where he is. Could be anywhere. But he, like, he'll be in the room with me while I'm watching the Mariners. And, like, his lens of seeing the Mariners seems so fun. Like, I remember last season he saw Denard Span and he was like, oh, that guy looks kind of like Rick Ross. And I was like, I have never even once thought of that. Because in my head, I'm like, that's Denard Span, you know what yeah. I mean? Then this year, he saw a lot of Dan Vogel back, and he was completely enthralled, like, just at the way that he looks. Yeah. And again, I was like, I get it, but I've also known what Dan Vogelback has looked like for three years now, and I'm very numb to it. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like, I wish I could sort of erase certain parts of my brain. And rediscover like, it for the first yeah. time. He just, he has such a like pure childlike grasp of it, and he's not having to watch nine innings. He'll just watch like two, yeah. and then be like, okay, this is enough. I had my fun. Yeah. But like, he also saw, this is a different scenario because it's so uh, specific, but during Players Weekend, 
he became obsessed with Alex Colomay because his jersey said the horse on it. The horse. So he was like, that I think made him think that baseball was a lot more fun than it was. I mean, that's that's the point of Players Weekend. I thanks, know, thanks Rob Manfred. True, yeah. The One of the things he's done, okay. He also kind of sabotaged that on his own with the awful jerseys. True, true, yeah. Which is also just ties into the whole thing of like baseball kind of working against itself, I think. Yeah. In so many ways. Like, just trying to make it so unapproachable yeah yeah it it is and uh you know the way you're talking about this it kind of reminds me you know being jealous of how people are able to consume baseball in maybe it sounds like a healthier way yeah yeah and and i really hate talking about sports or other trivial things like this comparing them to really serious things like i really hate talking about Mariners fandom as a metaphor for you know like abuse or something. Sure, like yeah, that. yeah, it's not a good way to look at it. Yeah, no, you have to be very careful um, about. But comparing the two, I think uh, Mariner Stephen A. Voice. But <laughs> you know I'm sensitive about the Mariners. <laughs> but uh, I think uh, looking looking at the Mariners is kind of an addiction. You know, I mean, what do do we get more happiness out of this? Right. And we get sadness, you know, is this is this really a healthy relationship? And I think a lot of people do have healthy relationships, but I think it's important. I think if people I, I know a lot of people that are Mariners fans do not have healthy relationships with the team. Yeah. And that's not. Yeah, that's, I think, a much bigger problem. But I think when you said addiction, I'm not trying to compare, you know, watching the Mariners to actual drug addiction. But I think the one thing that sort of clicked in my brain when you said that is like doing it without thinking like just turning on the Mariners game oh, compulsive for literally no reason yeah like, not like because there are times where I do like want to watch specific games if someone like a young player is pitching or like someone you know like Kyle Lewis this year I had been pretty checked out then he came up and I was watching every night again but there are also times where it's like you know the middle of the summer I could be doing so many other things and I'm just like I sit I get home and my first thought is Mariners yeah, like, I don't know if I don't know when that happened either because I wasn't always like that. Yeah, I and, think I was like that until this year. Really, this year is the one that flipped it. Well, it's just it, based on the fact that they never were even pretending to contend. It made right. it easier to check out. Yeah, I definitely checked out this year, but I still have that thing where it's like if there's nothing else to do, yeah. my first thought is put on the Mariners. I mean, it's great entertainment. Not all the time, though. Actually, most of the time, it isn't great entertainment. Yeah. It, it's, it's masochistic entertainment. Yeah. It's familiar entertainment. Yeah. It's that's, like watching The Office. You yeah. Know? Wow. Okay. Yeah. That, I think, is actually... I think you nailed it. Because so many people do do that with other things. We just have yeah. the Mariners. Just how like many every people just have... have ever been to. Yeah. It just has The Office on in the background yeah. all the time. Always. Can you do the Mariners as, like, a background thing? Like you have to be like pretty oh, invested. I think absolutely you okay. can. But you know what I mean, though. Some people like it's like their singular focus. Yeah, some people will spend all night legitimately watching the game. Yeah, living and dying with every pitch. Yeah, I've never really been on that level. I mean, the closest I probably was was that 2014 year that I talked about in yeah. college, where yeah. I was like shirking social things to actually just watch Fernando yeah. Rodney every single night, which probably was really bad for me in retrospect. I don't. Yeah, I think so. Although Rodney was fun, we love Rodney. It's a lot more fun to look back on. That's fair, I think. He had a great year, though. I know he did, but like at no point. It's honestly not to talk about the Seahawks yet, but it's a lot like this Seahawks season where you look at the record and you're like, they're doing great, but I don't feel like I've been able to relax at any point. Yeah, I mean they almost lost to the Cincinnati Bengals. They've almost lost every single game except yeah. for the Cardinals one, I guess. Yeah, but. they're kind of like the Chargers, my beloved Chargers. Oh yeah, I should have mentioned that Zach is also a willing San Diego or sorry Los Angeles Chargers. Fan. Yes, and San Diego Padres. I love all San Diego sports teams. Yeah, and I tr- I truly believe, by the way, that the Chargers will return to San Diego. You think? I do. I mean, have you seen the crowds they're drawing? Well, in Los yeah, Angeles? but as someone who lived there, it's much. They need the stadium. It's long. They like do. The they do need the stadium. And no one in San Diego now is going to yeah. pay for a publicly funded stadium. That's true. Back the owner who <laughs> left them. That's very true. Uh, but the Chargers. How did we get on the Chargers? You were talking about. You brought it up. We talked about oh, the see how the fourteen Mariners right. were oh, like yeah. the nineteen the, Seahawks. That's right. And the Chargers are yeah. kind of the opposite. They they lose every game. They almost win. And yeah. that was a lot. That was very similar to the seventeen Mariners. Right. They lost 
Yeah. Almost every game. All right, let me ask you this, friend, because this has been maybe too happy. Have you ever entertained the thought of the Mariners leaving? Has that ever crossed your mind? Like when the Sonics I, left? No, because I think the only time it seriously came close to happening was 95. Right. Which was before I was really ascension. Yeah, I was being... born during that season. Have I told you how I saved that season? And maybe the Seattle Mariners? You. My birth, yeah. Wow. My entrance into the Mariners, famously, not doing very well for the beginning of 1995. Uh, Griffey breaks his wrist. I don't know the exact timeline here. I was born July 3rd, 1995. Yeah. The Mariners, from that point on, turn the season around. That's right. Get into the playoffs. Yeah. Save baseball in Seattle. They do. Give us the double. Give us, by far, I think, the most euphoric memories for people of a certain yeah. age. Yeah, I mean, I think definitely the only memories. Well, there's O one. Yeah, but, but how was, many how many actual moments from O one? That is the thing. That's game. a good point. Honestly, the main thing that I think about, and I feel bad for even laughing about it, is when they won the division and celebrated with the American flag because nine eleven had just happened. Yeah. For me, that's like if I had to think of like an image. Yeah. Because there was, you're right. There wasn't. I mean, when they were a. They were ahead for so long that there was no, like, tense moment. Yeah, if we're thinking moments from 01, I remember Ichiro's throw. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a good one. And I remember the All-Star game. Um, but that's, I mean, there, there wasn't a ton. I mean, yeah. all the, I mean, and then the Indians collapse, unfortunately. I don't remember and that. And then either. I remember game yeah. 162, Palmero, uh, I think, hit a walk-off. Oh, to deprive us of 117. To deprive us of 117. Maybe it wasn't that's a walk-off, tough. but he definitely had a big hit. Do you did you ever have the movie Sweet One Sixteen? No. You know what that is? Is it, was it like a Mariners giveaway? I don't know if it was a giveaway. I don't know how I obtained it because I was very young. But it was for me. It was on VHS, and it was just like one of those like team issued videos about the whole season. Dave Niehaus narrated it. They also have this for nineteen ninety five. It's called My Oh My. Um, I know Sweet One Sixteen is on YouTube. If anyone wants to check it out, but I think that helped me a lot because that help contextualize things where it's like because when you're I mean I was in first grade for that season so I think it was like part of you expects that to just be forever like the Mariners are just this thing that is a death machine and like it's there's no reason to think otherwise you know what I mean yeah so then to have that video and to watch it as I got older and realized like a that they won 116 games which is insane but b that it was like essentially Ichiro and then no other real I mean, Brett Boone and Edgar were great. But you know what I mean? It's not like yeah. the Astros this year. You look at their lineup and you're like, holy fucking shit. Yeah. Like, no. they all, a lot of them overperformed or had career years. And I think... In 01. Of, yeah, yeah. Like, Paul Abbott and Seeley and... And Boone. Yeah. Boone uh, for maybe well, different I mean, reasons. Rude, yeah. all of them. Uh, David Bell had a great year. Guillen had an amazing yeah. year. Literally everyone. And then that an makes me wonder, year. too, if that was... If the culture... Like, how much... How many wins were culture you know what i mean like obviously there's no way to know yeah, that or roids but that or steroids right that probably a lot <laughs> yeah <laughs> all of Brett I mean, Boone's there's, there's no way to certainly boone but other players hard to say yeah i remember hearing this was this could have spread actually i'm gonna ask you about this because you were also a uh, a school child during a lot of these years i don't know if this rumor got to your part of town okay there was a rumor that Ichiro was doing Japanese steroids that were undetectable by MLB uh, drug tests. I did not ever never hear heard that, that rumor. No. All right, if anyone else heard that theory, please let us know in the comments on this post. Yeah, I don't think that was true. But can you even like? <laughs> no, it definitely wasn't true. But like, I'm now thinking like, do do you think like second and third graders now? care about the Mariners like are they talking about the Mariners obviously some kids are but like, certainly not as much yeah which is so sad to me it is sad, but is it I guess it's the whole thing of like what do you want your kid to care about or like yeah yeah what do you want your kid to care about have, has Mar have the Mariners brought us more happiness than sadness I still think yes I think yes too but it's kind of like choosing to have a child you're, <laughs> you're making the choice for them yeah, oh, right. totally, yeah. They don't have a say in it. Yeah. So you have to be really sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, my intro to the Mariners was, um, would have been like 98, 99. Our family's house was being built, so we lived with my grandparents for a little bit. And my grandpa just watched every game. He still does, but he was watching every single game. So that was almost kind of like what you're talking about, where like they chose for me in a way. Like my grandpa yeah. just had it on. 
So obviously I'm in the house. I'm going to see a lot of it. Yeah. And then I guess, you know, there's a certain part of your brain that like clicks and tells you like, you like this, you're enjoying this, yeah. you care about this. But I do wonder like if my grandpa had been into the theater or something different, like something that's not even similar to baseball. Yeah. Do we get here? Like, do I care about the 01 Mariners and then the 07, 14, like yeah. do all these moments happen? But also, what do you uh, what do you replace that with? You know, what's right. the culture you're consuming instead? Well, I'd probably be a much more worldly enriched person. I think if Maybe. all of the energy I've ever devoted to baseball went to other things, a lot of people don't devote that energy to productive stuff. Yeah, I don't think I would be productive necessarily. I just think I mean you can't really put like a productivity quotient on interest, but like maybe you just would have rewatched The Office like three more times. It's, maybe it's hard to say. Maybe I would have like I don't know solved some sort of problem rather than just creating more problems for myself by wondering if Rowena Elias will develop a third pitch or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, that's not a great use of your mental energy. Just going to throw that out there. No, what podcasting, I would say, is... It's the most noble profession. I've, I've said you this. Reminded me. People laugh at me, but uh, I think it's I think we're essentially... Mm, I'm trying to think. We're like the beatniks of this generation. All of us podcasters. I'm including you in wow. this. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if I'm happy about that. Think about it. It's a very pure expression. I'm not really traveling yet. Uh, Vox Media, if you're listening, I would love a podcast budget. Um, but I think what I'm doing right now at my kitchen counter with you is very similar to Jack Kerouac, sort of exploring what it means to be a person. Wow. Well, this is actually something I wanted to bring up. Oh, perfect. Because we've yeah. gotten into it. Because I, I kind of uh, mentioned... The existential crisis of Absolutely. being a Mariners fan. Yeah, it's, it's you know, draining. Why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. What's the point? Um, are we gaining anything? Is there an end game? Is it when they make the playoffs? Is it when they make the World Series? Because it's not like we'll stop being fans. Right. Um, and I think that the answer to that question is different for everyone. But, you know, I have, I mean, I'm no stranger to existential crises. And I was, Sick. <laughs> I was reading about it a while ago. <laughs> And, and people deal with this kind of thing in a few different ways, right? They deal with it. You can isolate yourself. You can distract yourself. Um, but sublimation is, mm. is a big way. And what sublimation is, is you take all these maybe negative feelings you have about the experience <laughs> and you turn them into positive feelings or, or you channel them into productive or positive things. Sounds like the Joker. I have no comment on that. <laughs> no comment on that. But I think that's kind of what we're doing. Yeah. Um, that's, I think, part of how my fandom has been able to survive the last few years is by writing at Lookout Landing. Yeah. And kind of channel anything I have into into a creative expression. And now on this podcast as a, as a beatnik, mm-hmm. channeling our yeah, feelings like this. In, into this art, right? I like the sound of this. I mean, it's you got to... You got to deal with it in certain ways. Other people, most people, deal with it. I think either by detaching themselves or sure, or kind of else. sort of sports fan nihilism of like this doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, or That's, focusing on the future. I mean, there are a lot yeah. of different ways you can do it. Yeah, I'm not really either of those. Like, not I'm not the this doesn't matter, who cares, haha, or the like. I mean, I I am you know because I write for the site now and I've been around people who do care about this. Like, I am sort of aware of the prospects and sort of the next wave that's coming. But that's definitely not what keeps bringing me back. I think it really is. It's like a friend. Like, the Mariners are, in a way, like that person that you've known for your whole life who, like, you don't agree with all the time. But at the end of the day, like, you're not just going to ghost them. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to keep hanging out with them. I think that also teaches you a little bit of a lesson about, like, understanding flaws. You know what I mean? Are you familiar with cancel culture? I am familiar with cancel culture. So, like, like if the Mariners were a person, we'd be thinking about, like, should we cancel them? They're so toxic. They don't do anything for us. Like, you know what I mean? We're like... Sure. But I think it's a lesson in, like, uh, adversity in a lot of ways. Like, I think if, if I was maybe, like, a, I don't know, a Yankees fan or a Real Madrid or Golden State Warriors fan, like, I don't know if I would have the same outlook on life that I do, which is, like, kind of crazy to say out loud, but I think it has to be true, right? Well, what's, what's that outlook? That outlook being that, like, like I don't know, I guess here, let me go back. I think if I had been born a Yankees fan, 
and I'm born into all of that success and yeah. just immediate thing. I don't think I would have as much resiliency or maybe I think I would be a little more entitled even. This is obviously yeah. all just guessing. There's no way to know. Yeah, but I think if you have, I mean, this also ties into the whole thing of like millennials as the entitled participation trophy generation. But like, I think if you have something immediately gratifying you and you haven't done anything, like you're just watching the games, they're doing all the work, they're winning. Yeah. I think that if you're a kid, at least, like your brain's not fully formed. I think that would have to, in some respect, affect the way you approach challenges in life. Well, it's certainly what you see with teams like that when they get run into challenges. You know, the whole Yankees meme was, why don't we just sign someone? Or why don't they just trade for someone? You know, if they're bad, how could you possibly be bad? There's no reason to be bad. Yeah, Golden State, too. They lose one finals and get Kevin Durant. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Or even, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, they definitely approach challenges, maybe not. I mean, maybe differently. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no answer to this, obviously. I'm just kind of riffing here. Like, I do wonder, had the Mariners maybe won a World Series, how my approach to... Baseball would be a lot different, but, like, just life in general, I do wonder. Yeah, yeah. Have the Mariners affected your life that much to, you, to where you think it would be substantially different? Probably without realizing it. I mean, I don't know. I think it's a lot easier... And I'm not advocating for this. I think it's a lot easier to have, like, defeatist attitudes about life just from devoting so much of my brain power to the Mariners. Like, things things maybe not going as you wanted to and having that, like, oh, well, I guess that's just, you know, how it is. Like, that probably has some Mariners-ness in it. Yeah. But I don't think that, like, I'm not saying if I had been born in Milwaukee, I'm a fundamentally different person because of sports allegiances, you know what I mean? But, yeah. I do think it like it would be impossible for it to not affect us. Like we've probably given ten thousand hours to the Mariners. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. So I mean, that's Malcolm Gladwell would exactly. be would be pissed off right now. He, I hope he is pissed off. Yeah, me too. Yeah, Malcolm Gladwell, if you're listening, come on the Lookout Landing podcast to discuss <laughs> us, <laughs> the beatniks of our generation, attacking you. Well, I guess I have a question for you then. Sure, hit I'm, me. I'm gonna play host. I love it. Look at you. You're becoming a professional podcaster. I know. And it is the most noble profession. I can feel myself getting noble. All those hours of Bill Simmons have, uh, oh my God. have rewired your yeah, brain. I'm turning into a Boston guy. Yeah, okay. Let me hear this question. Question is, uh, have you come close to being broken mm-hmm. by the Mariners? Because, as we talked about, I think Jeff was pretty clearly broken mm-hmm. by the Mariners. And he was kind of the paragon of yeah. following the Mariners in a way that was healthy. Or, mm-hmm. or even the way you wanted to follow the Mariners. Yeah, like the right? best possible extreme. Exactly, yeah. So, clearly you're not broken. No. But, you, and, but the way you talk about them is so defeatist. Yeah. So it sounds like you've come close. Well, I think, yeah, there's a lot of elements here. I think the one that people have seen and consumed the most is I most definitely use humor as a coping mechanism. Yeah. I mean, I've already talked about how my Cargrove quitting midseason was hilarious. And, like, just the things that I, I don't know, I've written a lot of sort of lighthearted things about the manners, which probably is my brain telling me to, like, not focus on the actual issues at hand. Yeah. Not even just, like, oh, the Mariners lost, think about that, but, like, the fact that I am at this point where, like, I have to think about the Mariners so much and then produce original thoughts about them so much when yeah. they're doing nothing to validate that, really. Yeah. Um, what was the question? Sorry. How close have you come to oh, being right, broken right, right. And, and when? Uh, never broken in, the, in terms of, like, I'm going to stop watching the Mariners. That has never crossed my mind. Not even close. No, not really. Well, what's, I mean, what's the most tragic Mariners event? Recently, I think the one that comes to mind right away is Felix in Toronto 2014. Yeah. There's like 10 days left in the season. They're still very much in it. Felix was out of his mind that year, and then he gets shelled yeah. by a team that I don't think the Blue Jays were good yet, if I remember correctly. It's always the Blue Jays. I know. But that was the moment where I feel like I had been the closest to getting what I wanted out of the Mariners, which at that point was just them making the playoffs, and then for it to go so horrible. Because on paper, that was unthinkable at the time for Felix to get rocked by a bad team. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was really his last amazing year. 
Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm not going to use the word broken, because I really, if I had been broken by the Mariners, I wouldn't be doing this, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I would never join the site. Yeah, I think neither of us are broken. Yeah, but I've definitely had, I mean, I'll go through, uh, it's like with people, like, where you have a couple stretches where you're like, I don't want to hang out with you. Yeah. I definitely had that last year. Last year was my first year. I think 2018 was the year that I followed the Mariners the closest, because... A, they were good, and then yeah. B, it was my first year at Lookout Landing, so yeah. I was trying to, like, just fully immerse myself in it. Um, and there was the the home series against the Blue Jays, where did they get swept? They might have got swept. It was, like, the, the yearly invasion, but the Mariners were yeah. still in it at that point. Uh, the Blue Jays were also bad that year. And just being overpowered. I was at one of the games, too, which didn't help. Um, that definitely made me like go on like a two week hiatus. Like I didn't watch a single inning of the Mariners for a while after yeah. that. Um, that's I mean those have been the closest I think I've been to like reconsidering things. But like even after 2014, like opening day 2015, I was ready to go. Like opening day, I probably yeah. put on my Mariners jersey and hat and was watching from my apartment in San Diego. Like physically detached, but still like very much involved. So no, I wouldn't say that I've had a moment of being really close to getting broken. I think what it would take, honestly, is like something reprehensible like beyond baseball. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where like if we had like a James Dolan or like a Daniel Snyder situation where it's like I cannot support the business side of this because it's all trickling down into yeah and, and we don't have to get team. too much into it but i mean that yeah. almost happened it did almost happen yeah and i mean that was tough too to be honest like without getting too much into it like it definitely made me consider the moral ramifications of supporting the mariners because i think that also kind of spun it back into like at the end of the day this is a business like they have an entertainment part that i like yeah but the mariners as an entity are just worried about making money yeah and, and we're of course talking about the dr lorena martin Yes. Events yes. about a year ago. Yeah, with Kevin Mather. And, well, that was even, those are kind of two separate events. Yeah, the, yeah. the Mather thing was middle of 18, actually. Yeah, yeah. but then Mather was also, wasn't he implicated in a way in the Lorena Martin thing? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, those two moments I think definitely made me reevaluate. But, like, at the end of the day, I love the Mariners and it would really take something so I mean what it sounds like is no matter what happens on the field on the field I think I'm I'm in for life for sure wow I mean what would it take for you on the field for you to stop caring about the Mariners I mean to be honest this year was tough for me yeah and I think that's because 16, 17, and 18 were so brutal Um, in terms of being like so close to the sun yeah 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 15 they didn't do anything 16 they were good and of course they didn't make it yeah and then 17 was kind of just 17 17 was horrible and it was a not a fun season nothing about it was good but they almost made it yeah because the american league was so weak yeah they were like still within like five games of the wild yeah they were like september yeah they were like under 500 (laughs) and they were like three games back in august when paxton got hurt i think um, and that was that was horrible. So that that was awful. Uh, and then, of course, last year was horrible as well. Um, and then sixteen specifically, I think, was my closest to being broken. Really, was when uh, I remember it very clearly. I was at a Blue Jays series, mm. one of the classic home. Blue, I haven't been back to a home Blue yeah, Jays you game since. Avoid those. And obviously all the Toronto fans are screaming and I just hate them so bad. Yeah. And the Mariners, I think we're competing directly with the Blue Jays for the last wild card spot. Yeah, they were. Yeah. And the Blue Jays won that game and that pretty much eliminated the Mariners that game. This is like the September series. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this is my fucking house series. Yep. And, but I think this might've been before that game okay. when they lost and then, my house game kind of yeah. was too late. It was the last hurrah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I remember I, I was at the ballpark and I, I remember I actually cried. Really? It was so bad. Yeah, and I fell down the stairs of, <laughs> of the 300 level. Was alcohol involved in this? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, it was, it was horrible. That and, sounds bad. I've never had anything to that extent. Yeah, and so 16, 17, 18, because of that, I think we're just all just so much and then finally it was kind of nice this year not 
really paying attention to games that I wasn't recapping. Yeah. And I think that I'm pretty much refreshed for 2020. Um, I think it can't possibly be worse than it was this year. But even if it is, I mean, that's fine. We know it. Yeah, yeah we know it really far out. Because this time last year, we. We Still didn't had really everyone. get it until... Yeah. And they hadn't started unloading all the yeah, players. Yeah, until halfway through the yeah. offseason. Yeah. I know, I'm with you. I think 2020 is going to be fun. I think, if anything, it, this next decade could really rejuvenate my Mariners fandom yeah. in terms of, like, caring about wins and losses, like, hardcore again. Oh, yeah. But Well, the prospects are all just so fun. Exactly. That does help, I think. Not even just that they're good, but they all seem fun. And something that we've talked about a lot on the site is that they seem to like each other, and there's, like, an actual culture brewing what a there. concept i know right yeah who would have thought that you could actually have a team where the players are both good and don't want to kill each other very bizarre very bizarre but we're gonna try it out and we'll see what happens either way i think i'm in it until death i think so too for better or for worse yeah wow well thanks for doing this bud this was great you really have blossomed in front of my eyes as a podcaster i'm glad i'm like a I'm like a fully bloomed sunflower Kind of, yeah. I feel, I feel like one, at least. Yeah, it's like when you watch, you know, like a, like a Pete Alonzo, where you come up and you're like, whoa, whoa, who is this guy? And then by the end of it, you're like, I think this guy's elite. That's good. That's I was, you. I was a little worried I was more of a Pete Davidson. Oh, why do you say that? Just the aloofness. Oh, you could be Dave. both. I don't really want to. There's nuance here. Yeah, I'll, you take, be, okay. I'll take Pete Alonzo. All right, well, <laughs> Zach, Pete Alonzo got shocked. Thank you for explaining to me why you're still a Mariners yeah. fan. And Matthew, Stan Javier. Oh, I love that. Roberson. That's me, baby. <laughs> Just pretty good, but I can't quite explain it. I'll take it. That's yeah. honestly, you're here first, folks. <laughs> pretty good, but can't quite explain it. Uh, usually we end this by Kate saying, bye. Do you want to do that? I will. All right. This is for you, Kate. Bye. Yeah, let me see you go to town.